0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 203. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy?
2: I just came back from a camping trip and I am exhausted. I didn't sleep a wink because my air mattress decided it was dead.
1: I just
2: decided 3 in the morning, it's like, you know what? I give up on life. Done. So my wife and I are sleeping on the ground, cold as hell. Oh man, it was the worst. And so now we have to go and buy a new one and of course they're all out. So naturally. Of course. Anyways, camping trick was still good. We went out camping. It's the first time we've gone out for a while. Kids got to play with other kids for the first time in forever. Oh hell yeah. Felt normal. It felt good.
1: That's awesome. Love that for you guys. Definitely needed that. So love to hear it. What's
2: going on with you, buddy?
1: Um, you know what I wanted to mention? So uh, the podcast listener deserves some credit because Mitch and I discovered something this week. Uh, I'm going to ask a question that you already know the answer to, but just play along for a second here, okay? Okay. Did you know that the Eyes on Isles podcast is 16th all time in the United States for hockey podcasts?
2: What? How? What?
1: That no was, way. That was a staggering number. I was stunned when I found that out, and honestly, really thankful, and none of that is possible without you, the listener, so I just want to give a little thank you at the start, because that was really humbling.
2: Absolutely. Look, look, this is not just, oh, this week, we're the 16th highest ranked hockey podcast in the States. No, no, this is all time. All time. We are 16. Think about that. The 16th highest podcast, a hockey podcast in the U.S. is an Islanders podcast. Right, we don't have any fans. There's sixteen ties, and maybe there's others higher than that. We haven't looked, but like, whatever. Good for them. We're we're interested in us right now. That's incredible.
1: Absolutely. So just wanted to give a little shout out because that was really, that was really cool to see. So thank you, and uh, we're gonna get right into the episode now. That what you came for, which is why we're sixteen because of this content. So let's do it. Let's jump into it, Mitch. We're going to start with a juicy rumor that came out. Well, it was, it's was. it been out for a little bit. Vladimir Tarasenko has reportedly been, been looking for a trade, but officially the Athletic broke that story late last night during the game. So obviously I was up all night on Cap Friendly playing around, as anyone would. And, uh, well, I think we should talk through this because, as referenced in the article, the Islanders are one of the potential teams that could be a fit for Vladimir Tarasenko.
2: Now I'm getting excited. I'm. This is huge, right? Like we don't get uh, players don't say like yes or didn't for a while, right? Remember, three or four years ago, I may have said remember twice now, so we're double remembering here. Uh, about like four years ago, maybe even five. Craig Cousins, when he was still at the uh, at ESPN, would do this like yearly poll of players uh, no move clauses to say what are the more popular teams to hit a no move clause. And the three most popular teams were Edmonton, Winnipeg, and the Islanders. Maybe not in that order, but at least within that that realm. Right. The Islanders are now a destination. It took four, five years for them to go for... I don't even want to talk about going there to, yes, send me there, please.
1: And like multiple times, people have been willing to... You know, waive their their no move clause or no trade clause. Like I know it didn't go through, but Parise would have done it to come here a couple of years ago before they traded for J.G. Paggio.
2: Right, and and I know we're talking about well, these are older guys. Well, they're the ones who have no move clauses. You can't give a no move clause or or trade protection to anyone who isn't UFA status or can get UFA status. That's just how it works. It has to be an older player.
1: No, exactly. And Tarasenko in in this case is older at. 29. He'll be 30 in December, but um, that in itself is just mind-numbing to me, or mind-boggling, rather, I guess I should say, that a player of Tarasenko's level is, like, actively saying, like, hey, that place is a place that I would like to go. Long Island seems like fun, Uh, because they went to -to back-to-back semifinal appearances. Like, that's a really big deal. Uh, And I, I get it. He hasn't played a lot the last couple of years, 24 games this year, 10 the year before. But one of the reasons why he wants out is because his first two uh, can shoulders surgeries. God, why is that so hard to say back to back?
2: (laughs) Happens to me all the time. All the time. Get it. All right. Yes.
1: Shoulder surgeries. His first two of those were with team doctors and it supposedly didn't fix the issue. And he had to go for a third surgery somewhere else. But now supposedly his shoulder is okay after the third attempt. So I could understand part of the frustration of, Hey, like this was supposed to be fixed during surgery, not once, but twice. And I had to go to my own guy and now I'm finally okay. Like I would be frustrated too, with my employer at that point.
2: Think about how invasive surgery is, right? This is just a thing. Like, oh, I guess I'll get surgery today. Oh, I feel like getting surgery. No, no, that's the Starbucks. That's Chipotle. Yeah. Not surgery. You take a, ele- it, it is called elective sometimes because you, you might want to do it, but you don't have to, type of thing. Uh, but this wasn't elective and they still screwed it up twice. Twice. They're like, oh, whoopsie, we didn't really fix the problem. Whereas a third time, they're like, oh yeah, here it is. Millionaire, you know, living in the States. As far as I know, money buys the best healthcare in the US and it wasn't doing it for him. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, I would be pissed my employer sent me to their doctors and their doctors didn't get it right twice exactly me the hell out
1: and as the second longest you know tenured guy on the team i was not even in consideration for the captaincy and they gave it to someone who they just traded for a year and a half prior
2: yeah that that tells me like i we don't really love what you're doing in terms of a leadership role which is all right that kind of stings a bit right I know longevity doesn't require uh, captaincy. It doesn't even require leadership, but it's clear he thought he was leadership material and they did not. And it's kind of like, all right, not only are you screwing up my shoulder and, and keeping me from playing the game that I love to play and keeping me from furthering my career, um, but you're also not trusting me? All right, get, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. right and get it, out of here. And so this is a guy like, Clearly, we were bubbly about him, but can I give you some numbers here? So, from Absolutely. 2014-15 season through 2018-19, that's the last time that you know he was playing a big chunk of games. Goal totals, 37-40, 39-33-33.
2: Oh, my God. Over 30 goals every year, right? Minimum yep. 33 goal score, I think, it was the yep. lowest. And then potential 40 goal score. What are his power play goal totals? Do you have that open right now?
1: Uh, yes, I'll go... Okay, so from that same window, 2014-15 to 2018-19, 8, 12, 9,
2: 6, 12. Yeah. We got 8... Sorry, 6 was the lowest? Yes. To 12 power play goals a year. Look, this is certainly a guy that if he wants to come, the Islanders should, make, should find a way to make it work. I know, I hear a lot of people like, well, he hasn't played a lot. Okay, yes, there's a risk there, for sure. But Lou Lamerolo isn't some guy who's going to have the world pulled over his head being like, oh, well, uh, your shoulder all right? Okay, cool. No, 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 he's, he's he knows what he needs to do to make sure that works. He's not going to be stuck with a, uh, a, an Andrew Ladd situation. This is not going to happen.
1: No, and I would think that after the third one, like the issue seems to be finally fixed. It's not like he keeps re injuring himself. I just think the initial injury was never fixed in the first place.
2: Yeah. And you, like you said, he's just, he's going to turn 30 in December. This guy isn't very old. He's still in his 20s.
1: Right. And he's only under contract for two more years, by the way. So this isn't like locked in. You're locked in for an age 30 and 31 season. So,
2: right now. He is owed a lot of money, right? A cap it is $7.5 million, but I believe the payout is closer to $9 million in terms of salary, is it not?
1: Uh, very well could be. I am not in the least bit concerned with what the actual salary is because it's not coming out of my pocket, number one. And <laughs> number two, it seems like the Islanders' ownership doesn't necessarily care about that stuff either, which that is also like pinch pinch me kind of a thing because we're not used to this, only last few years. Has that really been a thing? But you'd probably have to imagine that unless, uh, unless they're moving multiple five plus million dollar contracts, St. Louis would have to eat some of the salary on that.
2: So that's the thing, right? So, and and by that, like the salary, he's making nine five this year. It's five five next year, though. So that's kind of huge, right? He's getting Andrew Ladd money next year. But you've got a guy who could probably get you thirty goals, assuming he's healthy. Of course, maybe not on the Islanders. Let's say twenty-five goals, right? Because it's not high octane offense necessarily. Although, I don't know
1: if you put him with Barzal and Lee. I think that that line would put up a lot of goals.
2: Yeah, all I thought of was, it was Alex Ovechkin and Barry Trotz giving themselves a handshake and over the Stanley Cup, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, missed that one a little, bit. Yeah, okay. like so, like Barry Trotz can operate a system. defers, w- w- Sorry defense-heavy, but also have a 30, 40, 50-goal score put in 50, 30, 40, 50 goals.
1: No, absolutely. And I I don't think this is like, oh, this isn't an Islanders type player. Well, hold on. They were going to or they tried to re-sign John Tavares, who is a 30-goal scorer, and then they went hard after Artemi Panarin, who is another 30-plus goals plus goal scorer. So how is Tarasenko then not an Islander player because the same general manager tried to sign John Tavares and tried to sign Artemi Panarin. So clearly I think he knows what this team needs.
2: Yeah. The thing is with that is I don't, how do you measure who is and isn't right? Like, Oh, he doesn't play a lot of defense. Okay. Yeah, true. Right. But what elite level forward plays a lot of defense on the wing, Mark stone, end of list.
1: Yeah, the the caveat of on the wing is really what does it. You can maybe find some centers in there, but I I don't know very many wingers. That's a that's exactly. a good point.
2: And at a certain point, you need offense first guys. Like, look, Matthew Barzell for all of, you know, he's not a defense first guy. He's just not. He never will be ever, 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 ever. But my God, can he do the wor- the, the workload offensively?
1: Yeah, no, of course, and he has never at, at any point in his career played with somebody that is the caliber of Tarasenko just hasn't with all due respect Lee is a is a good winger for him he's he could pop in 30 goals no doubt about it Lee is not on the same caliber of Tarasenko Eberle Bo Leo Komarov not the same guy
2: (laughs) no you're right like none of these guys are 70 plus point players you know Anders Lee yes a 40 goal score but it's not a setup guy Uh, he's also not a volume shooter well I shouldn't say that he still gets quite a bit of shots, but by that, I mean, he's not shooting it from anywhere on the ice. Lee is very much within that close perimeter towards the goal. Whereas Tarasenko can fire them all over Wallstrom styles.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. So I understand a little bit why some people see the, the 10 and the 24 in, in terms of games played and are very, very afraid. But to me, I think it speaks more to the the negligence of the St. Louis Blues managing the injury uh, than it does to the player.
2: Absolutely. Um, is it actually fixed? No one actually knows, right? What is for sure is that the, he's had shoulder problems. That's a guarantee. He's guaranteed had shoulder problems in the past. Uh, but a lot of these guys have had problems. A lot of these guys have had injury problems and a lot of these guys have come back from them. Again, we're not talking about 35 year old Andrew Ladd. We're talking, no respect to 35 year olds, you know, but he's not that old in NHL terms. He's just turning 30. He's still young. He's still in his prime.
1: Exactly, which is what you want a a player of this caliber in their prime. So I I guess the conversation then becomes what do you have to give up to land a player like Vladimir Tarasenko?
2: That's going to be tough, right? Um, what we know about the St. Louis Blues is that they're still apparently competing, which is weird because I, I don't think that their window is still open. They got Stars leaving left, right, and center. Pierre Trangelo left last year. Now you've got Tarasenko wanting to leave. It's great that you got Ryan O'Reilly, but he on his own can't do it.
1: No, of course. I don't see it, but under the impression that they do, I think one of the obvious names that would come up in a package then would be Jordan Eberle. 100%. Because right, then that's that someone it's cheaper, he's clearly not the same player, but he is a top six winger so if you're letting a top six winger go, you're probably going to want to get one back. So I'm not saying a one for one trade or anything oh, no, like that, yeah, but I'm saying that. but the, the the starting point of your package Eberle seems to be the name that comes up for me most often.
2: So that that's the thing. It has to start with a roster player. Bare minimum. Right? So then it's well, what roster player do they, do they want? I, I think it's going to be a toss-up between and and want here is, is We would want them to take Jordan Eberle. They may, might want Anthony Beauvillier instead.
1: I would give them Anthony Beauvillier. I know that's a hot take, but for some.
2: Why? Why? Uh, well, sorry. The only reason that's a hot take is if the person saying it's a hot take believes that Tarasenko is not healthy. But we're operating under the assumption that he is.
1: Right. So I think I wrote a thing today where it was like three trade packages for Art- – um I almost said Artemi Panarin. For Vladimir Tarasenko. And I did one, which it seems like a lot, but I'll talk through it here. It's uh, Beauvillier and Eberle for Tarasenko and um, – oh, my God. Why am I blanking on – Defenseman?
2: No, 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 no. Oh, um, my... No, no. You, but, Sorry. I'm trying to vamp for you. If you're talking about another player coming from the St. Louis Blues, as far as I've seen, Vince Dunn is the other piece that could potentially come towards the Islanders, but I'm not sure if those two pieces alone, I'm sure your package might have a little bit more. But um, it, it really comes to... It has to start with a roster player. I don't want to see any, any packages where it's only picks and prospects, because that's just not going to get it done from a St. Louis perspective, as, as far as I've been told.
1: No, I don't think so. It w- one of them did include uh, Vince Dunn, but it, it wasn't this one. It was, oh my God, just give me a second here. I'm sorry. I should have had it the right internet,
2: The internet does that to you sometimes. But I think the overall point here that we're trying to get to is that a key target right now, an attainable key target, is Vladimir Tarasenko. It's very much possible to get him. Now we've just got to work out the math to say, like, what is uh, appropriate value for us, the Islanders? What is appropriate value for you, the St. Louis Blues?
1: It was uh, Robert Thomas, by the way.
2: Sure. Yeah. Why not?
1: A third liner who could put in 30, maybe 40 points on a good year.
2: Yeah, that's fine. That that makes sense to me. Um, But definitely the starting point has to be a roster player coming away from us. For sure. Without a doubt, then you got to get into well, what do we do for salary, right? If we're sending Bo over and uh, Jordan Eberle, well, technically that's seven point five million dollars, right? Yeah. Just technically, Bo probably gets more because he's an RFA, but but still, it's all at worst we're clearing seven point five million dollars of cap space while bringing in seven point five. That's a fair swap.
1: True, absolutely. It might be nice if you get them to eat a million.
2: Right. But at this point, if, if I'm sending 7.5 in Bo Eberle, I'm not asking for retention. I don't care at this point. Okay. Because Bo, again, yes, he's making two last year, but he's he's going to earn more this year. So wh- whatever. Uh, I'm going to put um, – what's his name? Oliver Wallstrom up in the top six anyway, so whatever.
1: Okay. I I, I see where you're going. So it's not – you're not super concerned about saving that a million or a million and a half, whatever you, you get them to retain.
2: No, because at this point, I've, I've technically saved $2 million okay. by not having to re-sign both to, let's say, a $4 million deal. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I like that 100%. And then we can still fill out the rest of the roster, right? Like like I said, we're bringing up Oliver Walsham, play second line with, let's say, um, Bailey, Nelson, Wallstrom, And then your third line, you bring up Golishev, Pejo, and Komarov, whatever.
1: Or, yeah, or the I put Thomas there in that spot.
2: Right. That's really sorry. Forgot about Thomas. There you go. Right. Like that's a pretty damn good roster. Top nine anyways.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you're going to have to give to get. And I think some people don't like that. And when, you know, reading these things, it's, uh, you give up way too much. Or as others, you gave up not nearly enough. So I think it's going to, it's going to be costly, but I don't see how anyone could sit here and yell and scream for a scoring winger. And then when, a one becomes available we'll be like well well, hold on not that one
2: <laughs> not that guy yeah no um i know a lot of people say well we got to give the chance to oliver walsh on the top six yes all 100 percent but there's two right wing slots to operate in the top six mm-hmm. two of them um and i don't know if he's a top line winger yet i wouldn't mind seeing him up there doesn't mean that barry trotz is going to give him that opportunity but if you're going to dangle Veteran, like if, if we're we're trying to talk ourselves into Kyle Palmieri, I'm sorry, with all due respect to Kyle Palmieri, Vladimir Tarasenko, when both are equally healthy and at peak, Vladimir Tarasenko is a better player.
1: He's not even the same stratosphere.
2: It, it's the, yeah, I understand that you know Palmieri can put up 25 goals in a year, but he won't put up 40. He won't.
1: No, and. Also, another thing: If you're a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, do you want to put a question mark in Oliver Wallstrom up there? I love the kid. I think he's going to be very good, but an unknown.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing, and it might it might be like this kid's a thirty goal scorer. Maybe I hope Maybe so. a Forty goal score. I uh, agreed, uh, but you don't have to lose him to acquire Vladimir Tarasenko. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think you have to no. lose him to get to get him. And so now you have two. Last I checked, that's a pretty good thing.
1: Exactly, and you are paying him what eight hundred and change.
2: Yeah, right. You are paying him less than than nine twenty five, which was the max for ELCs uh, this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Good. So I am just excited in general that the Islanders' name is in the mix here, and I don't. Well, obviously, a a player of that caliber is uh is fun to dream about i don't know how likely it is but the fact that they are legitimately in the conversation here is uh pretty
2: exciting if i tell you over or under 50.5 are you t- that he comes to the island what are you taking over or under
1: i think it's the under
2: I- i'm still under but i'm, I'm close to like 35 40 type of thing
1: yeah i where i guess better question what team do you think trades for him?
2: Any of them, right? Well, may, maybe not. I, it really depends because he gets the control, right? Mm-hmm. He gets to control where he wants to go. Any team would love to have a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko. They need a guarantee that he's healthy. So assuming that happens, any team will trade for him, any single one of them. Uh, do they have the right package that the St. Louis Blues want? Do they have enough value? There's going to be a bidding war, I imagine. But when it comes to an Islander's perspective and, and just focusing in on the Islanders, this is specifically a guy that they need to target because he brings exactly what they've been looking for and have been trying to acquire for the last couple of years now. Right? We, we talked about Panarin. We talked about Palmieri. Like these, these are the type of guys you, you're getting goal scoring and playmaking – This is what you want from a veteran as well. This is exactly what you want. Who's been through the trenches. He's won a cup as well. Come on.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he has all the intangibles and the talent.
2: With leadership, he wants to be a leader. That's all the things you want.
1: I agree, man. I, I agree. I would love it. I'm holding out hope that, A, he's healthy, and, B, they're able to do something. But I don't know. We'll have to see.
2: We'll see. It, it is a, a lot of things have to happen. There's a lot of moving parts, not only to this trade, but just to, to the roster construction. Like maybe they just don't have the chips, right? Like let's say St. Louis wants X, Y, Z, but the Islanders can only front X and Y. Sorry. And that's just how it works. We can't give you Z. He goes somewhere else.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's certainly possible, but I, I love that they're involved in, in the mix. And I think Lou will do his digging. It'll be quiet. It'll probably just randomly pop up one day as a Twitter notification, but. I hope he did. <laughs> we
2: acquired Vladimir Tiricinco, and you're going, what happens Friday at 4 o'clock, of course? Damn
1: you, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, next thing, key dates?
1: Yeah, let's get into it. We have a ton of big dates coming up here, so let's get into it.
2: So, yeah, the summer has begun, right, with the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup um, and everyone you know, going crazy about cap space. Uh, this mm-hmm. season has begun, and there's a lot of things to get to in a very short amount of time. First and foremost... As far as I know, buyout periods begin today.
1: Yes, this is true. So
2: they begin today, 24 hours after the Stanley, the, the end of the playoffs, or July 17th, whichever comes earlier. As we know, the Cup came earlier, uh, so buyouts. Uh, anyone can do it. Start making buyouts right now. I don't expect the Islanders to make any.
1: I don't either. Obviously, I know mean, we just talked about Tarasenko, but. There's one player that I think the Islanders would be interested in if he gets bought out. Do you know who I am talking
2: about? No, I don't actually. Zach Parise. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. They would definitely circle on him. Yes.
1: What, I think he would be cheap and on a one-year deal to potentially come in and play a middle six role. I think that's something that they could – could be interested. I'm not necessarily being like, oh my God, that's that's the move that puts him over the top, but that is something that I could very much so see them in on.
2: Oh, 100%. That's in Lou's wheelhouse, right? Like, Parise is available. Where, where, how, what? Oh, he's for free? Oh my God.
1: Yeah, here's, here's a Millie. Go go play on the second line and have fun.
2: Yeah, go play with Jean-Gabriel Peugeot.
1: Oh, absolutely
2: yeah. Like, I, I can absolutely see that. So, bio periods begin. Then it's July 17th. That's when the Islanders and every other NHL team has to submit their protected lists. So that's when Lou Lamoriello will submit his protected list to the NHL and NHLPA to say these are the players that I and the Islanders are protecting from expansion draft.
1: That's big. That's only by the time you're listening to this on Friday, eight days away.
2: Right, eight days. Now we won't find out who that is until the next day. Because the next day is when Seattle will receive the list. So the NHL still needs to approve it, right? They got to make sure that you, that you, the NHL team, have protected the right amount of players, have exposed the right type of players who've done certain things um, or met certain thresholds, I should say, in terms of like NHL games played, experiences, so on and so forth. That you're not trying to like pull a fast one on them, right? But that means on the 18th, that's when Seattle receives their list. And that's when we'll know who's protected or not.
1: So We're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, Next week's show, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to be doing a lot of speculation on who's going to be protected.
2: Probably. Because th- there might be some moves to be made, right? We talked about Nick Letty a couple of days ago. maybe, Well, I did anyways in a, in a post. Maybe they should trade to get him away and bring something back a la Victor Arvidsson. But as someone pointed out to me, that can't be done right now because the Islanders don't have enough defensemen under contract for next season.
1: hmm okay so if
2: they sign someone for next season that could change
1: interesting okay
2: right like they could then trade Nick Lady and still be okay meeting the 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 games played threshold type of things
1: I see okay
2: Um, and then on the 21st is when the expansion draft happens so that's close
1: that is very close that's a Wednesday if I'm not mistaken right
2: that is correct because the NHL entry draft round one or, yeah, the first round is on the 23rd, the Friday.
1: Oh, so we might have a fun day on the 22nd doing a little pod for uh, reaction to the expansion preview for the draft show.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Mm. Um, so, yeah, round one on the 23rd of July. Of course, the Islanders don't have a pick in the first round. Uh, they only have a second round pick, but... There's still going to be plenty of action to go through and like to see who falls, because the thing is with this draft, there's a lot of incomplete information about a lot of these players. I've seen draft boards that have William Eklund first or William Eklund picked in like the ninth spot.
1: That's a big difference,
2: right? Uh, I can see him going somewhere in the top 10 for sure, but who knows? Maybe people just don't like him and he falls into the top, like the bottom half and then lose like, I don't imagine Lou's going to you know, trade for him, but maybe. May
1: I'd be very surprised.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm just getting. I, I really like him as a prospect. I'm sure you do. Um, okay, and then on the 24th, that's when round two through seven will happen. So the very next day, that's when the Islanders get to get their kick at the can. Uh, they have picks. Uh, second round, they do not have a third round pick, if I'm not mistaken. I just want to bring it up again here. I'm pretty sure they don't. I think that went away, did they not? Uh, I think you're correct. No, I'm sorry. I'm incorrect. It's their fourth round next year that I was thinking of for some stupid reason. Uh, so this year they have picks, uh, uh, second round pick all the way through to number seven, but the second round pick is not theirs. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Next year they have first, two seconds, a third, no fourth, and no seventh round pick.
1: I see. Okay.
2: That seventh round pick went to Ottawa for Brayden Coburn. Lols
1: so they just lit that on fire essentially
2: (laughs) seventh round pick two years later unbelievable Uh, okay and then after that uh, the deadline for clubs to submit qualifying offers that's when we know if the Islanders have let any RFAs just go kind of like what they did last year with um, uh, Linus Soderstrom
1: yes that's right
2: Uh, Joshua Sang will not be one of those Joshua Sang will be a UFA this year he will not be back well unless he signs a imagine contract. Imagine if they but I
1: re-sign him. Could you imagine?
2: <laughs> I don't. No. I, I don't see a world where he's re-signed. By no,
1: no, no, I don't. But that would just be the best troll job from Lula of all time.
2: Yeah, well, he's... He, Josh was saying he can finally decide where he wants to go. And I doubt it's on the island. Agree. Uh, okay, and then 27 buyout period ends. And then RFAs can begin listening to offer sheets. So that's a day before free agency opens on the 28th. RFAs get a, f- a one-day listening period. Okay, of. That's it.
1: Do you think there's an offer sheet?
2: No. Maybe. Not for the Islanders. No. A lot of these offer sheets operate on respect, and Lou Lamarola has way too, res- way too much respect around the league for someone to offer sheet one of his players.
1: Back-to-back GM of the years.
2: That's right. He just has to like, plug his ears with both of those. <laughs> whenever an offer sheet comes in there you go no I I don't think we need to worry about an offer sheet Like, they would have to go crazy and sign Adam Pellick to a 7 million dollar deal
1: I don't think that's happening
2: right like go for it fine whatever good on you I guess give us a compensation please I guess so yeah that would be
1: Uh, that's not going to happen I I don't even speak that into existence
2: no it's not going to happen I don't see it happening but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe someone really, really likes Sorokin. Mm, maybe. Which is whatever. We still have Varlamov in a contract.
1: Yeah, the, the two goalies is gonna be an interesting thing to watch this year. I, I would bet it's probably like 70% chance both are back, maybe higher than that even.
2: But I yeah, for sure. It depends. Like the goalie market is uh, is going to be pretty exciting going forward. Yeah. The fact that Vegas has two goalies, um, well, they can't protect both. I don't know what they're going to do there.
1: Yeah, they got to trade one of them.
2: Yeah, or they make a trade with Seattle to look the other way, type of thing. Or that too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's it for key dates. Of course, there's other dates throughout the summer, um, but but these are the big ones. There's other like random little things here and there, but like these are the ones that we're all looking for before we actually end the year and go away for like basically five seconds. And then we're back in for a summer camp or a training camp in September.
1: Yeah. I was going to say you have about five minutes and that, that's about mm-hmm. it, but I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm most excited about the expansion draft. Is that weird?
2: No, it's a very exciting, right? Like we hadn't had one for a while. And, and then we got two in the last like three or four years.
1: Yeah. I really like that. I'm definitely more excited about this one than the Vegas one, but I think like, in the leading up to a part when I actually watched the Vegas one and we were covering it I was like this is great so I think that's why I'm so excited for this one
2: yeah I, I think this one's going to be fun um, mainly because we've gone through it once so like you've gone through it once already this has to be different right we're not going to see a Florida Panthers situation all over again are we
1: yeah I don't think so
2: I don't think that they do Jonathan Marshall so and Riley Smith gone God,
1: oh uh, yeah that was brutal
2: Please take Jonathan Marshish and they're going, Okay. Are you sure? Yes, please. Wow, you guys are real dumb. <laughs> so why? Why? Oh my god. I don't know what they were thinking. Slow stupid. Anyways, that's that's it for the key dates. So take a look at your calendar. The end of July will be incredible. Yes,
1: absolutely. So how about down on the farm, Mitch?
2: Okay, first thing, Ben Mirages. Mirages, sorry. Um, I had him pronounce his name for me just to make sure I got it right. And I definitely got it wrong the first time there. I spoke to the Islanders prospect who is returning to Providence for a fifth year. So he will not be going pro this year. As far as cap friendly is concerned, he still are. The Islanders lose his rights on August 15th, 2021. I believe that changes because his graduating class will be at the end of 2022. Okay so the islanders should hold his rights until the end of 2022 not this year uh but cat friendly has yet to change that even though i've sent them the information so and i've got it right out of his mouth (laughs) it's not like hearsay or speculation no no he has confirmed to me in his own words with his own voice to my own ears he's going back
1: that's a good scoop mitch
2: unprovoked well, I wanted to ask him that question, anyways, but he got he jumped ahead of me before that.
1: Yeah, I listened to that interview, which if you haven't heard it yet, go go check it out. You can find it on Mitch's page uh, t- at TLO Match on Twitter. And he's basically like, so I'm sure you want to know what I'm doing next year, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's staying another year, and like Logan Cockrell is doing the same thing over at BU. A lot of these guys feel like they, they want another kick at the can because they didn't really get a fair shake last year. It wasn't really a regular season, and it wasn't. Uh, so it was very heavily interrupted by COVID. Now they're going to get a full year. Uh, why not? And it, it's only good for them, right? Like, yeah, they, they delay their pro career an extra year, uh, but they get another year of development. So th- this is all a good thing. And another year of schooling. That's also a good thing. Um, second, William Dufour was traded. We already know that. I will be speaking to his GM tomorrow about the trade, um, what he expects, what he thinks, what's going to go on, uh, why he targeted him specifically. Um, so that that's going to be interesting to, to find out in his new home in, in St. John uh, what, what their aspirations are this year. Like I assume making a trade like this means they're going for not only the QMJHL Championship, but even Memorial Cup. Okay. So that that could be huge if he's coming to and that that would be his last year of junior eligibility before he goes pro. Doing that and winning a trophy is going to be big.
1: You would think that's got to be like his goal, like this is my last hurrah kind of a thing before, you know, I go to the next step.
2: Exactly. But I also want to ask him how he as a GM feels about a player who's been traded I believe four times now, because he went from Rouyn to Shakudami, Shakudami to Drummondville, Drummondville now to Saint John. That's four trades in four years, basically.
1: That's it. So he's played on a ton of different teams. Clearly, and
2: four four different teams, right? And like he started off playing with Roy Naranda, which was um, that's the year they won the cup, I believe, with Noah Dobson.
1: Right? Didn't it go like he was on like the the best team, then the worst team, then got traded to the best team? Or whom I thinking yeah. of? No, that's him, right?
2: I, be, um, I, I think that's what you're thinking of with Shakutami and Drummondville. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, so like, he's gone all over the place. Uh, it's just been one heck of... And I want to know from a GNS perspective if he cares, but I think he can rationalize a lot of that, and, and I've looked through it to see why that can be rationalized, and it just... Circumstance just, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't... It worked out the way it worked out for a reason. It's not having to do anything with the player. Okay. Well, and then the last thing I've got is the summer showcase is almost here. So we've got two players from the Islanders prospect pool that will be playing or should be playing at the uh, the summer showcase in Detroit. Okay. Um and that's Matthias Rayanemi for Finland and Alexander Lunkranz for Team Sweden. We know Lunkrans is playing for sure. We don't know if Rayanemi will be playing yet. They haven't completed the roster yet. I hope to be speaking to the team Finland coach soon. He's on vacation. I tried to reach out to him two weeks ago, but he had some connection issues, or we had connection issues, I should say, and so we rescheduled that for when he's back off from vacay next week, just to find out if he's making the team, and so on and so forth about his play.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Are you more invested in one over the other of those two, or?
2: I'm really invested in Lyon Krantz. I I don't think that matthias's position in Team Finland is... Uh, debatable. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play top four minutes for them. Uh, and, and I've spoken to the, the Finnish coach a bit, like I said already. I just didn't get a full conversation in with him. And from what I got out of it, they, they really like Matthias, and he's definitely going to play top four minutes. But when it comes to the I don't really know. Right, like His coach was kind of more cagey about it, um, just maybe just kind of playing the game of I'm not going to actually tell you who's on the team or not. Um, but the competition is pretty stiff and it's not like he's a top six guy that they can't not have show up. He's a bottom six guy, uh, that, you know, they could probably put someone else in that position. Gotcha. So okay. I'd like to see if he works himself into that equation or not.
1: Right. And what kind of role he does have going
2: forward. So yeah. Cause as it stands now, it's like fourth line PK minutes is what he might get. Um, but we'll see how that evolves over the tournament and when he, and the world junior, if he goes, if he goes.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd love to see him at the World Junior. Just as much playing time as you can get right now, I'm all for that.
2: Exactly. And he's got a ton already this year, which kind of goes in his favor. A lot of kids his age aren't getting a ton of playing time, and he got a ton. Okay. Solid. Love that. Yeah, exactly. So, that's it for Down on the Farm. To the quiz. Let's go. I'm excited. So, as we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander. You've been really, really good at these ever since I've changed the format. So, I, if you don't know, I've changed the format just a bit. This has nothing to do with the number of episodes. It has to do with just some random player I've got in my head. Okay? You have five clues to guess who that player is. They get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Yes. One. I was a fourth round pick.
1: Casey Zikas.
2: Incorrect, but good guess. Two. I played for Laurentide Vikings, Ontario Reign, Cleveland Monsters, and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms.
1: Those team names sound familiar, but I don't have a player coming to my mind, so I'm going to say next.
2: Three. I have 34 games of NHL experience across two different teams.
1: 34 games of NHL experience. Okay, next.
2: I could have had more if I actually played for two of those teams who I was on the bench for. On the bench for? So think about it, it's a bench player. He's there, he's dressed, but he doesn't play. Uh, Just think of the role and I think you'll get the person.
1: On the bench. Two teams in his NHL career. Man, I don't know. This is bothering me.
2: All right. Five. Isles traded. Isles made a trade with Vegas, so they would take me. Berube. It is Berube. Jean-François Berube. So he never played for Vegas, obviously, but, you know, maybe he could have. Uh, Same thing with Columbus. He was actually with Columbus for a while. That's where Uh, the Cleveland Monsters connection comes in.
1: Oh, okay. And then he played a... Who did he play for, like, this year? Didn't he play a couple games?
2: I don't think he played. Not according to Lee Prospect, no. No? Okay. The the other team is uh, Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Oh, that's who I'm thinking of. So so
2: he's played games with the Islanders and Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
2: But he's bounced around the AHL. I I didn't include the Hartford Wolfpack pack and, and there's another team that, that I miss as well, but I didn't want to list like five different teams here.
1: Maybe that's why I saw, maybe that's why I thought he he played for a team this year. I think he, he's a UFA this year, right?
2: I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't th- think anyone's going to pick him up.
1: I think that's why the, the name was sticking out for me there. Okay. Barube, yeah, had to be protected.
2: That's right. <laughs> you could, no, couldn't know. Oh, couldn't be,
1: be uh, I'm sorry, waved. I'm sorry. That's what I meant.
2: <laughs> Unwavable.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Garth. To the social, Mitch, what do you got for us this weekend's social segment?
2: This comes from Pierre Lebrun, and I think most of you already know which one I'm going to bring up here. The 62-win Lightning of 2018-19 got swept by Columbus in the first round. Since then, Tampa Bay has won eight straight playoff series, never trailing in a series, never lost back-to-back playoff games a route to winning back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. That's something.
1: I mean, it is something, but he's also incorrect.
2: Yeah, a lot of us went like, um, they went one down to the Islanders this year, yeah, buddy?
1: just one series ago.
2: Yeah, just the, the very last one. And, and they're not the only one, right? Like, Mm-mm. they trailed another series. I think there's three that they trailed in.
1: I think so, too. But, I mean, sure, tip your cap to the Lightning. They've been great over the last couple of years. Best team in the NHL. Uh, and they're really good. Just a little overzealous there on that comment. That's all.
2: Yeah, 100%. Like, Absolutely really good, but that's just really stupid. <laughs> come on, like, come on. There's a lot of other things to be, like, champion of the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but that wasn't one of them. No. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you.
1: My first one I think you're going to get a kick out of, Mitch. It's from Keith O'Brien on Twitter, and it says, forever a part of me, hashtag Isles. And it's a tattoo that says, rock the barn, there is the Coliseum. It's depicted as the older Coliseum, not the new one with all the lines on it. And it says underneath in like a script, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Love that. That is
2: awesome. That is pretty clutch. I saw that. It's on on a thigh, right? Yeah. That is clutch. I, I won't ever get it just because of the I love the barn, but the attachment isn't as as visceral as it is for, for, for most of you uh, who've gone there constantly and basically lived there. I, I didn't have that opportunity, but I, I absolutely love it. That, that speaks volumes of the venue and what it meant to people.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. That's really cool. I like that a lot.
2: Love, love tattoos. Love it. <laughs> uh, my next one comes from Pete Blackburn and Scouting the Rest. I just thought that this was a funny exchange. Uh, Pete says, You would simply never catch me intentionally blocking a shot as an NHL player. I'm not there to do the goalie's job. You want you want saves? Pay me for two positions.
1: I know what this reply is going to be.
2: Yeah. Scouting the refs, John Tortorella has entered the chat. You've been benched.
1: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> someone else, I forget who it was. I forget who it was. Uh, someone else tweeted like a gif of Tortorella making like a choking motion. <laughs> and, like that was just, yeah, tre- tremendous because it's so true. So spot on.
2: Uh, absolutely I would also not block one because no. it would definitely break every bone in my leg even if I wore shin guards
1: yeah I gonna be honest I, I definitely don't do enough leg day because I, I think I would just I would it would snap me in half. I think my shin would just be concave after that yeah
2: the thought like coming if Ryan Pollock thought he was taking a slap shot in my general vicinity things would break. it'd be like the force, right? <laughs> Incredible. That's how powerful a slap shot is.
1: Agree. My last one is more of a a question for you. So okay. today is Brendan Burke's birthday. Mm. So what I wanted to ask you is, what is your favorite Brendan Burke call? Because there's a lot of really good ones that he has.
2: It's It's tied. No, it's really not. It's when they go back to the Coliseum. His call okay. when they return... 1255 Hempstead Turdpike, or I forget exactly how he says the address. I think it's that. Yeah. And right there when you list off the address and you can see, like, the building itself. Oh, I got chills now. Oh.
1: I think I have two. Okay. It's the Josh Bailey game one to the island. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is when they clinch a playoff spot that year and he's listing off all the team all the publications that wrote them off.
2: Oh, that's I forgot about that. My tie was gonna was gonna be t- game one goes to the island, but you're right. Oh, when he lists off the hockey news and so on and so forth. Yeah.
1: Oh. He's so good. We are so lucky to have Brendan Burke. You imagine the islanders went from Howie Rose, who I love, to Brendan Burke. The, what, that's gonna be twenty Five years in a row of just excellent broadcasting, and they had Jigs McDonald before that. Like, right? Like, how many years of just phenomenal broadcast has this team had?
2: We're really gonna be in for it when we have someone who isn't any good.
1: I don't want to think about it.
2: No, whoever they have hiring the play-by-play needs to hire anyone for any job Mm -hmm. because they do a phenomenal job themselves.
1: Yes, agree.
2: The talent scout there. Wildly, How did anyone miss on Brendan Burke?
1: He was calling like the Utica comments, or, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's young, so he used to be building up the, the resume to, to get to where he is now. But like, and I understand there's only 31 of these jobs at the time. So, you know, not a lot of them come up. But like, you know, when Vegas came up, you didn't have one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. that good, Really good find by MSG or the Islanders, whoever, whoever did it.
2: I believe MSG, but still, it doesn't matter. Yep. For an Islanders capacity. My last one here comes from Faisal Kamisa, who's uh, from Sportsnet. And it's a reply to fellow Sportsnet uh, Twitter account, Tim and Friends. And it's a picture of Nikita Kutrov at the podium without a shirt on the mic and a can of Bud Light. It says, what does he do for a living? Wrong answers only. And Faisal says, play regular season hockey.
1: Oh. (laughs) Ouch.
2: Absolutely incredible! Yes, this guy does not. I wanted to pull up another one where it's going like, uh, word just in that uh, Nikita Kucherov is back on LTIR. Hopefully, he can make it to the playoffs next year."
1: Well, Alex Kalorn had to had surgery, so he he might not be ready until the playoffs next year.
2: Right. So, so there was one thing on, on the Kucherov. There's a okay. piece. Not even, I think it was a tweet today that saw, like, confirmed that Nikita Kucherov played with a broken rib because of Scott Mayfield. And I saw that it was reported that he has a broken rib. Nowhere does it state that it's because of Scott Mayfield. Explicitly.
1: No. Yeah, I don't... Mm. I mean, I'll... Yeah, right? good, for, good, good for him for playing through a broken rib. Like, that's some Warrior stuff.
2: Um... Exactly. But, like, I, I just, I, I, I hate the, like, he's broken because of Scott Mayfield. We don't actually know that for a fact, and even that reporting doesn't state that factually. So, just saying. Maybe it came out somewhere else that I have not read yet, but, like, I don't want to see the Scott Mayfield broke his rib and we need to, you know, chase him with pitchforks and torches. Pitchforks and torches, my God.
1: There you go. So, Mitch, before we go, let's get some plugs in here. So, wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to give a subscribe a rating and a review that really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media also at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could also download the fan sided app or visit Eyes on Isles.com. And also, how about check out Patreon, Mitch? Eyes on Isles over on Patreon. I hear we do some fun stuff there.
2: We do. We're doing a mailbag right now. We have a Discord channel which is all about everything. You can learn all kinds of things. Like the time I built a, a Lego to hit the enter key on my keyboard so I can beat a boss in Final Fantasy VII. That had done all ki- It was a weird situation. Weird Final Fantasy situation. Anyways, it was three hours, I think. The fight itself of me versus the boss was three hours, and I had to like rig something up on my keyboard to hit the enter key to just keep going while I went off It did something else. Anyways, all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the Discord channel
1: absolutely wild but i love it
2: (laughs) video games man
1: (laughs) that's gonna do it for us on episode 203 thank you so much for tuning in i'm matt o'leary he is mitch anderson and we'll talk to you next time
0: this is the story of the Wad. as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping